You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 119, verse 161, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hope for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. Amen. And let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for another uh, Sunday night, another opportunity that we have to be in church. And I thank you for your people and their faithfulness. I pray we would uh, never get over the day we got saved. I pray we would never get over uh, how good we have it in Jesus Christ. And I pray that we would uh, do all we can to share what we have with a world uh, that is so lost and so desperate, a world that uh, needs to hear the good news of the gospel. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight in these few moments that we're together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. You know, I was thinking as uh, Joanna was singing about that, that uh, when, when God sees me, I'm glad he doesn't see me as I am. Uh, he sees me through the blood and he sees me as justified. He sees me as uh, uh, redeemed because that's what the blood does. And, you know, if that's all we had to talk about, if we did not have, by the way, I'm glad we do have a Bible, but if we didn't have a Bible, if all we had was just the plan of salvation, did you know that ought to be enough to keep us excited? That ought to be enough to get together every Sunday and every Wednesday, and that ought to be enough to give you something to rejoice about every day. If all you had, if that's it, was just salvation, can I tell you, that's nothing to sneeze at. That is amazing to think that God would save us, but not only does God save us, but then he gives us joy and peace and happiness. He gives us purpose for living. Uh, he gives us a, a roadmap for life. And I'm so thankful for all that we have. And I hope we never get tired of it. I'll tell you, it happens. It's easy over time just to get used to being saved. Uh, you, you've seen it before. Uh, a new Christian comes in and they are so fired up, you know. We're singing victory in Jesus or, you know, uh, to God be the glory. And they just can't about can't contain themselves. Meanwhile, people that have been saved a long time, you know, they're back there. Oh, when are we going to be done with this? And can I tell you, that's why every day uh, we ought to ask God to restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Don't ever get over being saved. Uh, don't ever get over what we saw this morning with somebody following the Lord in baptism. Uh, don't ever get over the fact that we've got uh, a children's ministry where, where children come and they get to go out and hear the Word of God taught and, 
And, and don't, don't get over the fact that we've got a youth group and we've got a, a bus ministry and a Christian school and a, a radio ministry and a choir. And, and, and don't ever get over all that God's done for us. He's been so, so good. And uh, we've got so much to thank Him for. Psalm 119, as you can see in these uh, divisions, we have two left tonight. And then I don't think we'll finish tonight with this section. But we've got 161 is where we're looking at in Psalm 119. And uh, there are a total of 176 verses in this particular psalm. Now, the psalms are divided. It's very different from every other book. Every other book, if you say Genesis, you would say chapter 23. Or you would say the book of John, John chapter 4. The book of Psalms, uh, they're not divided in chapters. They're divided in psalms or songs. And so we will say Psalm 119. Uh, we, I, I'll, I'll say it sometimes by accident, I don't mean to, but sometimes we'll say Psalm chapter or whatever. But it's Psalm 119, and verse number 161 is where we're going to start tonight. David is writing this psalm about the Word of God. It's, that's the theme of the entire psalm. It's all about the Bible. Now, let me remind you, and I know I've said it before, but David did not have... The entire scripture, like what we have, as a matter of fact, he didn't even have half. He didn't have close to half. David had the first five books of the Bible. He had Genesis, he had Exodus, Leviticus. Have you ever read through Leviticus? Sometimes you're just trying to keep your eyes open, aren't you, going through Leviticus? By the way, I'm not, that's not saying it's not important. It's all important. Uh, the book of Leviticus is all pointing to Jesus and all pointing to the sacrifice and all pointing to the Savior that would come. What about the book of Numbers? Have you ever read the book of Numbers? You say, why do we have to read through every single name? Well, don't you like it when somebody reads through every single name and your name's in the list? Aren't you glad that you matter to God? I'm glad I matter to God. And then you get to Deuteronomy, and Deuteronomy really is a book of reminders. It's a book of remembrance. That's all David had. But David was 100% accurate when he said, the law of the Lord is perfect. He was 100% accurate when he said, the law of the Lord endures forever. Now, you say, well, pastor, we know that there's some things that have changed in the law, and we know there's some things that are Old Testament law that we're not under today. Absolutely right. But that doesn't change the fact that the law of God is perfect. It's complete. You see, the Old Testament, we don't use the word testament a lot, but in, in, our, in 2022, but that word testament is the word covenant. And did you know there was a covenant that God made with his people, the nation of Israel? He said, if you will obey these things, God said, I will bless you. He said, if you disobey, he said, I will curse you. There was a covenant. There was a contract. Well, guess what? Something happened. Jesus Christ came. And Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. Jesus Christ stamped on the contract, this was paid in full. Now, I've had some vehicles in my years and I've signed some contracts to pay off those vehicles, but there's a great feeling, is there not, when you get that title in the mail? There's a great feeling when you see that your account has been paid and you can keep writing the check to the car company if you want to, but I don't want to. 
You know why? Because it's been paid. And you and I, we can look back at all of the Old Testament law and we can look back at all of the animal sacrifices and we can look back at all those things. But can I tell you, I've got some good news for you. It was all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Jesus paid it all. And so you've got the old covenant that was fulfilled in Jesus. And Jesus said, I've got something for you. It's called new life in Christ. It's Christ living in us. It's the Holy Spirit of God that if you have been saved by the grace of God, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. You are citizens in heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. It's as if you're already there seated in the heavenlies with God. I'm so thankful for the word of God. Again, David didn't have all of it. But David said, I love your law. God, I love it, and it is absolutely perfect. You know why it's perfect? Because it has a perfect author. God, the creator of the universe, the almighty, omniscient, uh, uh, omnipresent uh, God of the universe gave us his word, and I'm so glad that when we read the Bible, we're not trying to figure out which parts are right, which parts are wrong, which parts, you know, what do we believe? What do we not believe? I'm glad we've got the Bible. And uh, David talks about the law of God. Notice verse number 163. David says, I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. He said, I don't just put up with it. I don't just obey it. He says, I love thy law. Verse 167. My soul hath kept thy testimonies and I love them exceedingly. Folks, I hope you have a love for the Word of God. I hope you have a love for the Old Testament. I hope you have a love for the New Testament. I hope you love the Psalms. I hope you love the Proverbs. I hope you love the promises. I hope you love the Gospels. I hope you love the epistles that were written to the churches. I hope you love the prophecies. I hope you love it all. You know why? Because God wanted you to have it all. God has given it to us for a purpose. Verse 161, let's start there as we look at this section. David says, princes have persecuted me without cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I'll give you just a few words. We'll, we'll, we'll give you an outline. I won't get through all of it tonight, but let me give you a few words. One, let's look at the word princes. The word prince, in, in our vocabulary, we always think that that is automatically the son of a king. But this word prince is not necessarily the son of a king. This word prince is simply a ruler. It is someone who is a leader. It is someone who has authority. Notice it with me, if you would, in Psalm 119 and verse number 23. Back a page or two, David says this, Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. You see, the princes in David's day, those were the leaders. Those were the ones that had authority. I'll say this, that I don't like anybody saying something bad about me, and I think most of us would agree to that. There's a few exceptions in this room. I think some of you, I think you actually thrive on it. You know, I think it's almost like, yeah, bring it on. You know, I don't like it when people say bad things about me. I'll just be honest. I don't like it. I, 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 that's not what I'm seeking. Um, I don't get up to preach on Sunday and say, I wonder what I can preach to make people mad. I know you think that. I know some of you wonder sometimes, but I promise that's not my intention. 
I'm, I'm saying, Lord, what would you have me to preach? What does the Bible say? That's what I want to preach. But if I'm, if I'm going down the street, and, and you don't see this a lot in Roanoke Rapids, but Brother Brendan, I'm sure, I know in California you know, and then big cities, but you'll see a lot of times you'll see homeless people out holding signs and, you know, um, need, 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 need money usually. They don't usually say need food, but need money and, you know, need help and all that. And as they're scrolling through on their, you know, iPhone 13 or whatever, you know, they're, they're really struggling. And if somebody like that, you know, approaches me and says, hey, I need a few bucks. And I say, hey, I'm sorry, you know, I can't. Oh, and they, they say something rude to me. They cuss me out or they whatever. I'll be honest with you. That doesn't bother me a whole lot, right? I mean, just consider the source, right? But have you ever had somebody that had some authority? Maybe it was somebody at work. Maybe it was somebody in the community. Maybe it was uh, uh, somebody that was a family member. Maybe it was somebody that was a dear friend. Somebody that what they said actually really mattered to you. And they said something that was very cutting or they said something that was very hurtful. David says this, he says, the princess. These were people that knew better. These were people that had authority. These were people that were responsible not to oppress people. They were responsible to help people. They shouldn't have been the ones persecuting. They should have been the ones helping those that were persecuted. But yet David said, the princes, they have persecuted me. Number one, the word is princes. Secondly, we see the persecution. The princes took it upon themselves to try to hurt or to harm somebody. And that was their intention. This was not accidental. This was not all we didn't mean to. They knew what they were doing. Have you ever had somebody do that to you? And you thought, that was planned. (laughs) That was premeditated. They didn't just lose their temper. They didn't just say something off the cuff. But that was harsh. That was rude. Well, first of all, I'm sure we've all had it happen to us. But let's look at the other side of that coin. I wonder how many times we've been the ones that have done that to somebody else. Can I tell you, may God help us as Christians not to be the ones that are hurting people. May God help us as Christians not to be the ones that are a discouragement, not the ones that are criticizing. Can I tell you, I thank the Lord for our workers. We've got our pastor's pals going right now. We've got our our nursery workers. We've got our our sound men. We've got our security and those folks right now. This week, we'll have Kids Crusade. We've got the Christian school. We've got uh, the Bibies and the the, the great uh, staff of teachers over there. Did you know that there will be times where things will happen and you'll have to talk about something. But did you know that those who are working in ministry, I promise you they're not doing it to get rich. They're doing it because they love you, they love the Lord because God's called them. And I would sure hate that one of us who know better, we would be the one that would hurt somebody that was trying to serve the Lord. I'd sure hate it if we had a visitor that came in and somebody in our church was rude to that visitor. Uh, they don't know. They're, they're just coming in. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. And, and that we would do something to hurt or discourage somebody from coming back to church or discourage somebody from even listening to the gospel because they're already, they're all just, you know, confused and trying to figure out what's going on. Can I tell you, may God help us not to be on the giving end of that where we're the ones that are hurting or we're the ones that are persecuting. I see the princes, they persecuted David But then notice what it says, without cause. The third word I'll give you here in this section is the word pure. You see, that word, that that phrase without cause is so important 
Because David said, they have done something to me that I didn't deserve. They've done something to me that I, I did not bring upon myself. They have done it without cause. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 5 and notice what Jesus has to say in the Sermon on the Mount. Notice what Jesus has to say to us when we are persecuted. And by the way, it will happen. Um, you say, I have never had anybody say anything mean to me. Well, I would love to know your secret. I would love to know your, your formula for how that uh, has come about. Look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 11. Jesus said, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you. What's the next word? Falsely. Did you know when you are persecuted for doing what is right, Jesus says, don't even worry about it. Jesus says, you will be blessed. Jesus says, I'm going to take care of you. Don't you worry about it when you are persecuted for doing what is right, when you are persecuted falsely. And then Jesus says this, for my sake. When you do it for Christ's sake, when you do something to serve God and somebody doesn't like it and you haven't done anything wrong, there's no, there's no problem there. You're going to be okay. God's going to take care of that. Verse 12, rejoice. Now, I don't usually rejoice. I usually get upset. Do you ever get upset when somebody says something to you? I usually do. I usually am already thinking, how am I going to get them back? How am I going to even the score? Better yet, I'm not even going to even the score. I'm going to get ahead on them. I'm going I'm to tell them what's going on. I'm going to give them peace of my mind, you know, all that. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, sell men of evil against you falsely for my sake. He says, rejoice. Be exceeding glad, for great is your reward, where? In heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. By the way, when you're persecuted for doing what is right, you're not the first one, and you won't be the last one. That will happen. But Jesus said, great is your reward in heaven. Jesus is going to take care of all that. Don't even worry. 1 Peter 3, the Bible says in verse 17, for it is better... If the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. We see the word is pure. David says, uh, it was without cause. I was persecuted for nothing that I did wrong. It says in uh, Psalm uh, 119 and verse number 161, he says, I have been persecuted without cause, but notice the rest of the verse. David says, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. That word to stand in awe, that phrase to stand in awe, it means to have an amazement. It means to have a reverence. It means to have an excitement when you hear the word of God. Now, I'll be honest with you, is it not true sometimes that because we've read it and we've read it and we've heard it and we've heard it, that sometimes the Word of God can get a little just kind of casual. Maybe we can become complacent. But David said, I love every time I get to hear the Word of God. I stand in awe. 
So it does something for me. Have you ever, you ever been to an amazing uh, place for sightseeing? Maybe, maybe you've been to the Grand Canyon or maybe you've been to the, the Blue Ridge Parkway or maybe you've been to uh, Mount Rushmore or maybe you've been along the, the coast and seen the ocean and you just, you just say, wow, that is amazing. Can I tell you what else is amazing? What is amazing is the Word of God that we have in our hands that we have been given. I see number four, the word is pleasure. Uh, David says in verse number 162, I rejoice at thy word. He said, I love the Bible. It gets me excited. It thrills my heart. I stand in awe. I rejoice at the word of God. I wonder this evening, what is it that controls your thoughts? Is it the things that people say to you or about you? Or is it the promises that God has given to you? I want my thoughts and I want my life to be controlled by the word of God. Here's what happens. If you let the things that people say to you control you, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be depressed. And by the way, you're going to be confused. Because did you know sometimes people don't make sense? And by the way, sometimes we don't make sense. Have you ever, have you ever changed your mind about something? You were really adamant and then the next day you're like, ah, I don't think so. That, that's called being a human, right? And notice I didn't just say that ladies change their mind. I said all of us do, okay? Are we all, we all good, all right? But can I tell you, if you're always worried about what everybody else says, that's going to change all the time. But if you will get focused on what God says, that's going to be the same. It remains. The Word of God is the same. It lasts. It endures to all generation. And, and, and there is a pleasure. There is a rejoicing in knowing that we have the Bible. Who cares what the world says about you? Who cares what the people at work say about you? Who cares what the neighbors think about you? You're not going to stand before them at the judgment seat. You're going to stand before the Lord. And can I tell you, I want to live according to what God says, not according to what people say. We see the pleasure. But then I want you to notice also in verse 162, David says, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Now, you think spoil. Hmm. Is that when you open the refrigerator and you find something way in, tucked in the back that's been there too long and you open the lid and you say, ooh, that's not good anymore. That, that's spoil. No, 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 that's not what this word means. This word spoil means treasure. It'd be like a treasure that you would get in, in Bible times when you conquered a city. And the treasure of that city would belong to the, the, the army that won. They would take that treasure and they would, they would get that. They would, claim that. they would claim that as their own. Or if you were out and you were uh, exploring and you found a hidden treasure, a treasure that nobody knew existed and you found that treasure, you would rejoice. By the way, don't act all pious tonight like you wouldn't do that. If you were walking out the parking lot tonight, and as you were walking out the parking lot, you saw something blowing across the parking lot, and it blew right in front of your feet, and you reached down and grabbed it, and it was a $100 bill, you'd be rejoicing. Somebody said, no, I wouldn't rejoice about that. I don't get excited about money. Well, you're a liar. You do. <laughs> you know you would. And can I tell you, we would rejoice at some material thing. But David is talking here about something that is spiritual. If you guys, I don't know if you have those pictures up there 
I was going to show you these. I, I showed these at our um, high school graduation for Victory Christian Academy. It's some pictures of a treasure. Do you have those? You say, well, what in the world is that? That is a treasure chest, in case you were wondering. That is a real treasure chest. That is a real treasure chest that was hidden about 10 years ago. It was hidden in the Rocky Mountains. There was a man that said, I'm going to create a real live treasure hunt for people to find. The contents, if you go to the next picture, the contents, this is an actual picture of the gold and the jewels that were found in there. They estimate these uh, items would be about one to two million dollars, depending on who was the one that was um, uh, evaluating. But this treasure was hidden. You go to the next uh, picture. This man uh, created a map and he created a poem and he wrote a little book with some hidden clues. Basically, suffice it to say, the treasure was hidden somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. Oh, that's easy, right? That won't take any time to find. People began searching for this treasure. I read stories about people that spent their life savings to go in search of this treasure. There were several people, as they were searching for this treasure that they believed to be real and they believed to be legitimate, there were people that lost their lives in search of this treasure. They lost their lives over uh, cliffs. There were some that fell. There was a few that got out in the wilderness. They got lost and they didn't have enough food and they didn't have the, the right uh, shelter and they froze to death and died. But there were people, real people like you and me. Uh, I say like you and me. There was a pastor, uh, a pastor in uh, Grand Junction, Colorado. I, I don't know the pastor. I never met him. There was a pastor who went looking for this treasure. Now, folks, I think I said this at the graduation. If I ever don't show up for a Sunday and my wife says, uh, hey, just to let you know, my husband's out looking for some treasure in the Rocky Mountains, okay? You'll know I've officially lost my mind, all right? Um, uh, because now if Brother Curry was out looking for it, he might find it. I'd never find it, I promise you that. But people gave their lives. People spent months and months of time. They took time off work. They took leave. Uh, they, they spent uh, thousands and thousands of dollars trying to find a treasure that if they found it would have been worth a million or two million dollars. But can I tell you, that would be hard to find. That would be very difficult to find in the Rocky Mountains a treasure box that was about yay big. Well, I got news for you. There's another treasure. It's a better treasure. It's worth a whole lot more than those jewels in that box. And it's a treasure that is in your home. It is a treasure that many of you, you brought with you to church tonight. It is a treasure that you can open and you can read. And you say, well, why is it so valuable? Because it's God's letter. It is God's message for us. It tells us how we can be saved. It gives us the way to heaven, it tells us how we can know for sure that our sins are forgiven. We have a treasure that is the word of God that leads us to joy and it leads us to peace and satisfaction and people are doing everything. People are trying everything to try to find joy in this life. Friend, I've got news for you. It's right here in this book. And David said, I rejoice at your word as one that findeth great spoil, great great treasure. This treasure, 
uh, that we had on the screen, that treasure was reportedly, it was discovered. So don't go looking for it, okay? It's already been found. It was reportedly found in June of 2020, at 10 years after it was hidden. By the way, only one person could find that treasure. Only one person could get that treasure, and it was gone. It was done. It was over. Case closed. But I'm glad that this treasure is for everyone who will open its pages. For everyone who will read the Word of God, we have been given a treasure. I see number one, David talks about the princes. He talks about the persecution. He talks about being pure. He says, I was persecuted without cause. But then he says this, he says, I'm not worried about what everybody else is saying and doing. He said, I'm going to focus on the word of God. He says, my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I guess tonight, I just, I want to remind you and I want to remind myself that I think many times we've got a treasure that sits on a shelf in our homes, but it's not open. I think there's a treasure that sits in our house, sits on a shelf or sits on a dresser and it's just kind of picked up from Sunday to Sunday to carry to church. I wish that tonight we would get a renewed desire. I wish we would get a, a renewed passion for the Word of God. And I'll tell you this, if you will get in the Word of God, it will change your life. It will change your home. It will change you. And it will change me if we will get into the Word of God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.